Hello, I'm Gria. And I'm James. And we're going back to the boardroom. This is a brand new podcast all about season 18 of The Apprentice on the BBC. And we're going to be taking a look at some of the episodes week by week and giving our very well-informed opinions. Are you looking forward to the new series? Absolutely. And I feel it's already delivered from the start. I can't believe it's actually going to be season 18 of The Apprentice this time. I know, it seems to have flown by. I can't actually remember the first ever series that I watched. I know it definitely wasn't the first series because I don't remember Tim. But yeah, it's been a journey. It really has. I was really surprised. I looked into it and apparently the first ever series of The Apprentice started back in 2005, which is absolutely insane to me because I think I was like 11, not even thinking about business. Yeah, that's, I I don't even know what I was doing in 2005. Exactly. I had a little look online because I thought the world is going to have been completely different than what it is today. But some of the weird things that were going on in 2005, some big TV moments, Doctor Who was revived with Christopher Eccleston, Uh, ITV launched Love Island, which is mad. Um, Kat Dealey presented her final ever episode of CD UK. So, um, do you know that the one that I'm most surprised about is Love Island? I did not know that had been going on for for how many years? It's mad, isn't it? It was the 80th birthday of the Queen. J.K. Rowling had just published The Half Blood Prince. It takes you back, and it's weird to think The Apprentice has been in our lives for that long really it's become an iconic show that everyone waits for this time in the year absolutely fills up everyone's 9 p.m watching it does and the thing i really love about it at the moment is they've put dragon's den on as the tv show before it so you get a whole evening of just laughing at people trying to set up businesses which is mean but also fun absolutely (laughs) and presumably i i can't remember when iPlayer first came about, but obviously I would presume that we wouldn't have the ability to catch up like that at the start of The Apprentice when it first aired. Yes. Yeah. So it'll be like what my mum and nan still do. They're like, don't ring me between the hours of nine and 10 at night unless it's an emergency because <laughs> I need to sit down and watch Lord Sugar because they haven't fathomed how to work the internet yet. And I don't know if I ever will. But yeah, it's weird. It's like that appointment to listen or watch television. I I still like the beauty of watching it live. I, I am one of those people that will try and make nine o'clock and be there in front of the TV. If I'm not watching live, I have to completely turn off from my phone and <laughs> not check WhatsApp or anything like that. Exactly. One thing that I really love is we get a sneak peek of who the candidates are like a couple of days before I think they came out last week. And I like having a look and trying to sort of work out who I think is going to be good. You know, it's probably quite mean we're judging a book by its cover by just looking at pictures of them on the BBC website. But I like having a little look at who could be good and who you think, oh, no, they're going to definitely go out quite early on. There there was two people doing pie businesses and one of the pie business owners was called Paul, of which there are two. Yes, there were (laughs) two Pauls. I think was one of them a dentist as well. Yes. I didn't know there was such a a need for pie (laughs) in the world, but apparently there is. And two of them are trying to look for investment on The Apprentice. And then I noticed there was two supplement businesses too. 
So there's quite a lot of similar stuff. I always think I wonder what the apprentice business idea is, whether it reflects what society is actually buying or needs. We had uh, lots of pick and mix businesses over the last few years coming in, sweet businesses or cakes and stuff. But now we're on pies. So there's always people looking for the new food. Yes, pie, pies and supplements. <laughs> yes, that's what it's like being British. Yeah, Supplements definitely seem to be on trend at the moment. So I wanted to tell you about uh, the person who calls himself Lord of the Pies. It's Paul Bowen or Bowen. And he, he was quite a big character in this episode that I thought. He is obviously director of his own pie company and he's from Lancashire. So you would have picked up his northern accent in the episode if you're trying to think which one is he. It says in his bio that he's got quite a few clients for his pie business already, including Manchester City Football Club, which is quite impressive. I think he's going to be quite good because he seems like quite switched on. The business idea is very accessible, but I also think it will be up Lord Sugar's street because he's all about being self-made. You always think about Lord Sugar as that, oh, I've, I don't know, got my wheelbarrow out down the market and now I'm a billionaire or millionaire or whatever exactly. so i think they might Hard get graft. on <laughs> yes grafting that's a word i associate with alan sugar exactly um and then someone else i thought was interesting maybe i'm going on that market trader side again is sam because she said in the boardroom at the beginning that her friends call her del boy as she's a bit of a wheeler dealer always tries to um you know, make money. But her business is actually going to be a pre and postnatal fitness app for just mums and mums with young children. And she's from Essex as well. And I thought, interesting idea, but it's quite niche. I know there's a lot of mums and that out there that might use it, but it's, it's not open to everyone. So will Alan go for it? Exactly. That was, that was 100% what I was going to say. Potentially too niche. And that's, that's the big worry there. Exactly. So they're two people that I think are worth looking out for in episode two. Who did you like in this first episode? So I'm going to start with um, Trey. Uh, immediately saw on the, um, when I was browsing the candidates, his nice like regal, um, it's like a dark red or a, is it crimson? Crimson, his, maroon, yeah. Maroon, yeah, with the, with the gold um accessories embellishments bling. yeah exactly <laughs> he, he stood out to me and um interesting that he's from a uk garage band and a music and wellness entrepreneur and i i think um in the bio it was quite funny people think i'm a cool dude but <laughs> nice. underneath all of that i am a super geek Excellent. Okay. <laughs> that just stuck with me. He was very stylish and he made a statement, didn't he, when he walked into the boardroom? Yeah, he could be a good character, but my my initial fears are he's got that bit of success and that celebrity-like stance already. And I don't know whether he's going to just try and push that a bit too much. That's true. Maybe a bit more about image and showing off his personality than getting his business mind across. Exactly. Mm. So on to we'll, watch. We'll have to see. Yes. And uh, I also picked out um, Moira. Okay. Um, so she is an owner of a yoga company, and I don't know. I just think 
I just think she could be a dark horse and potentially win this. Ooh, big words in the exactly. first episode. It's another wellness business. There's quite a lot. Even Trey was in the wellness and well-being sphere. There's a lot of trying to make people feel better this year. Yeah, exactly. Or the, the, and the thing that I, I pulled out from her bio was uh, her biggest fail, buying into a custom app. Um, so I, I presume for her business, and it was apparently an expensive business and sounds like it didn't go well. I think all four of them are people that we should watch out for. But um, I can't tell at this point who I think is standout and is going to win. There are just some interesting characters. And sometimes it's the people that don't shout the loudest in the first episode that might get through to the end. So it'll be interesting to see who makes it that far. And I think we've got some predictions coming up soon. Who knows how good they'll be, but there are some predictions. <laughs> so in this episode, we've got the challenge of putting on an away day for um, two corporate clients uh, in the Scottish Highlands. And I guess the teams needed to pitch the level of luxury and the type of activities and food that they're going for. It's an interesting challenge. I'm surprised they did the corporate away day one so early on in the series. Yeah. Is it's usually good, but it's usually a straightforward selling task. I think at the beginning. Absolutely, yeah. I was I was quite taken aback by the fact that this was the the first task to to kick it all off. It's good though that there was an out of London task. I think for the first one, so seeing the candidates be completely out of their comfort zone. As we saw in this episode, some people didn't want to swim and people were jumping in gorges and doing abseiling and stuff. So I think, yeah, it's good to see what they're about when they're not sat in a meeting room. Absolutely. I feel like I've been in the Scottish Highlands for quite a while, considering I've just finished watching The Traitors. <laughs> oh, yes. I didn't watch that, you see. So you... You are fully immersed in the Highlands at the moment. Absolutely. So shall we go through a quick elevator pitch of what we would do? So uh, just for the listeners, this is ideally uh, we figure out what we would do if we were doing the challenge and try and pitch it in less than 60 seconds. I don't think it's going to go particularly well for the first few, but we'll see if we we get better as the, the shows go on. Exactly. This is a hard one because if we're thinking about corporate away days in the Scottish Highlands, using their sort of um, criteria, I guess it doesn't lend itself to much creativity, but we can also think about how we would have put the day on and, you know, how, how it would have gone and maybe see if we could actually be better than the teams. I hope our pitches are better than the actual teams. Do you want to time me? I don't think I'll get to 60 seconds, but just in case, uh, you can kick me off. Okay, this is I? your chance to impress the listeners, forward slash potential investors like Lord Sugar, in your corporate away day business. So, are you ready to pitch for us? No, but I'm going to give it my best shot. <laughs> Great. Ready? Three, two, one, pitch. Okay, so we'll start the day off with a nice uh, breakfast because who doesn't like uh, starting the day off with a bit of food? I don't know why I've chosen uh, pastries, croissants, and like teas and coffees. 
just you know not not massive but something to get the energy up and get it going and then we're going to go straight into a high energy speedboat trip in the loch because of course scotland lochs are important um and you know why not kick off the energy straight away um straight from food um and uh and do a bit of that and then move on to another activity don't know why i thought about this but archery i thought that would be quite competitive um you know you could you could kind of play the clients off against each other minute um, gone has that really gone yeah. oh. Well, I've failed. I've failed. I, um, well, I failed to set the timer because I set it for 59 minutes. And I was like, that's not going to ring, is it? Oh, goodness. Okay, well, I'm not going to tell Carry you about on. the food because I, oh. no, I've, been, I've been cut off 60 seconds. It's, it's strict rules here. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, not investing today. I'm out. Wrong show. Try, try better okay. <laughs> next time. So after that complete dismal attempt at a 60 second elevator pitch uh the tide turns to you Greer are you ready I mean I'm ready you say yours was dismal we haven't heard mine yet so (laughs) (laughs) okay your 60 seconds starts in three two one go So my corporate away day, I was trying to make use of the outdoors because we're in the lovely setting of the Scottish Highlands. So I thought people could come and start off with a nice cup of tea and a chat, you know, maybe about uh, what it's like being in the Highlands, the nature, the landscape, all of that. Um, And something that I found different about this corporate away day on The Apprentice, that they don't actually do a work task, usually on corporate away days. You've got something that relates to the job. So I'd give them some time in the lovely outdoors with maybe some snacks and still the tea and coffee to do their work task. But then we would do kayaking, which is a fun outdoorsy thing, but you're not doing stupid team building with other, you know, you have to work with people from sales and you're like, why on earth am I having to do something out of the ordinary? So kayaking might be quite nice. Then I thought we could have lunch, something that was warm, hearty, trying to think of something Scottish related. Didn't come up with anything, so I went with a nice pie and chips for lunch. Pleases everyone. And then afterwards, and I thought that they is could... it. Damn, there you go. <laughs> it goes I, too quick. Doesn't it goes it? so quick. I even had a bit about a free gift at the end. Well, not uh, free, uh, paid you can't for by tell the us, company. You can't tell us. Damn. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, I mean that's hard. That is hard. Coming up it with is. a corporate away day, <clears throat> I panicked. I was like, "What is a Scottish delicacy?" <clears throat> All I could think of was haggis. But then I thought you'd get people giving you refunds. Tough, <laughs> tough challenge. I love how we both went with teas and coffees in the morning. We're very British. <laughs> yeah. And a activity on the water. So yeah. a couple of Speaker. similar themes there. But yeah, in the actual episode, they were doing uh, gorge walking, which looked like just walking along the riverbed and then jumping and swimming into bits. I thought, how on earth do they know where the um, like deep parts are of this gorge to jump into? <laughs> Absolutely. I think there must be some magic going on behind the scenes with some maps or something like that must be so yeah there are elements of water in all of our tasks this week i definitely preferred the gorge walking to the abseiling yeah i would be a bit scared i think of abseiling it's that having to lean back and just being held by a rope is a little bit scary 
But yeah, I thought definitely doing something fun and out of your comfort zone, but not not cringe because the corporate away days that I've been on, I have despised the cringy parts of them where you have to like build a tower out of spaghetti or like, I don't know, weird stuff. Talk about your feelings in this group. No, thank you. (laughs) So shall we go through some of the highlights of the episode? We should do. Um, We should just say that the um, project managers chosen for this week, um, it's a tough week to be saying, I want to be project manager. It shows that you've got some confidence and uh, tenacity, I think. It was Verdi for the men's team. He's a music producer, which at one point he did keep telling a client about, which I thought was a bit odd. Uh, And then for the women's team. It was Onyeka. A chartered company secretary. Sounds very businessy. And she was the one that didn't like swimming. Yeah, that was an odd moment. I thought I thought the initial um, selection of project managers was interesting. I don't think that's happened before where it's like you've got a minute in the boardroom in front of everyone. Yeah, exactly. But I thought it was a it was just funny because obviously some as soon as someone says, Oh yeah, I might do it, everyone else piles in being like, Yeah, I think that's a really good idea because they yeah. do not want to be project manager this week because it's usually the project manager who fails and leaves. Absolutely. So no one wants to be in that spot. But the two of them did did put their hands up and go, Yeah, hello, I want to do it. Maybe that was because it was in front of Lord Sugar in the boardroom. Potentially, yeah. A good a good way to get your Get your face known, I guess. And we saw two different, completely opposing styles immediately. We did. Um, we had we had Onyeka, which I felt tried to come up with ideas and then and then changed her mind after the feedback. And then Verdi that was just didn't let a word in edgeways. No, yeah, he was very sort of right, this is how it's going to go. But he didn't really come up with um, much information for them, I didn't think. So he was like, no, we don't need to talk about it anymore. This is what we're doing. And everyone was left being like, hello, have we come up with a plan? Really? Yeah, I think overall impressions were the the initial plan was far better uh, on, on the ladies' side. Absolutely. So should we go through some of our favourite moments? Uh, there were a few. There were a few. I don't know if we go straight in with the best moment, I think, of the episode straight away, because I still found it hilarious when I thought about it this morning, is during the lunchtime rush where they were trying to make a lovely meal for those people that have been out in gorges or abseiling or whatever. You want to come back in and eat something that's actually nice and you can chill and talk with your colleagues. Um but food always goes badly on The Apprentice. It's like none of them have ever cooked anything before in their lives. And this was especially true when Noor, she decided to use crumble mix that had previously been created and left on the side for a lovely rhubarb crumble for dessert. Actually, she thought it was breadcrumbs and used it to put around a fish cake and fry it, which led the client to say, are you sure this is breadcrumbs? It tastes very floury. It was hilarious. And the fact that they had to go out and be like, oh, I'm really sorry. That's actually um, not breadcrumbs was just great. That's, I mean, that's a massive clangor. (laughs) (laughs) It's definitely an apprentice moment that will go down in history. It was, it was hilarious. Who does Uh, that? Awful. And it took so long for them to realize. Yeah, they'd stood there and cooked 
a decent amount of fish cakes. Mm. No one else said anything. So I guess it's a bit mean blaming Nor for her, you know, for not realising that that's not breadcrumbs. I guess if you're not a chef or a cook, people don't tend to make their own fish cakes anyway, you know, on a weekday. That's not something people do. So I, I could see how she thought something crumbly could look like a breadcrumb. But would you not smell else, it? I don't know. Maybe I'm yeah. weird. I, I would have just sniff. known because I've made <laughs> yeah. crumble and stuff and I like cooking, <laughs> but I guess you might, might not. But no one obviously also said, here's the breadcrumbs. So I don't know. It's always an embarrassing situation when they have to do cooking. And then when it came to actually make the crumble, they were trying to cook crumble in a microwave and then under a grill. So it was burning on top and then it was just bits of flour underneath. <laughs> Absolutely. In my, because um, I always take notes um, and I just have on my piece of paper in full caps, now they are trying to microwave the crumble. Are they grilling? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like what we should do is take a picture of your most animated section of yeah. your notes and put that on our social media for Absolutely. our listeners to see because I can imagine that's underlined and yeah. exclamation marked as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Big red pen, highlighter, everything. Yeah. Um, for me, um, I think obviously that that was... That was the main disaster. But cooking related, oh, I'm sorry to to go in on someone, but Ollie, not <laughs> knowing what TBSP stands for, has has he never cooked before? Like, do people not know this? I do wonder. Are people just spending their money on fuel <laughs> and microwavable dinners these days and supplements? That they're not cooking. Are they buying pies from Paul's business, for example, and having a, 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 a um, vitamin from one of the others and that's their meal? So they don't need to know what tea tablespoon, TBSP is. And then, and then he thought, well, he didn't know the, the acronym in the recipe, but then he didn't know a tablespoon wasn't a teaspoon. Surely. In primary school or just in life, you get taught which spoon is which spoon. Do you? I don't know. I don't know. Probably not at school. <laughs> they teach you more about maths and spelling and things. Well, I, we did. We were lucky enough to do food tech. So that's good. We got taught how to cook, which I'm very grateful for. <laughs> that is good. I re remember. I was taught how to cook a bit by my nan and she references it still to this day that we used to bake bread. And I thought it was just a lovely bonding activity that we did as grandmother and granddaughter. But she tells me she used to like making bread with me because she would punch out all of her frustrations and anger when she was kneading the dough. And I was like, obviously it was a way to get out her annoyance of granddad or something out on the dough. <laughs> so that's why we made it so much. But yeah, I guess if you don't have those strange experiences or do it at school you might not know but come on these these people are old enough they must know what they're doing yeah definitely i also picked out a final food one from me is um they i think they told the clients that it was locally sourced cream <laughs> yes. um, when it was actually from tesco for the crumble yeah the way she shouted up the stairs no it's from tesco actually <laughs> was great as they were walking off I know I said it was my final food-related one, but sorry, I have to bring this up. The welcome drink. This was arranged by people that are in the 
food slash catering industry, in what way is a welcome drink water? A bottle of water. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm lost for words. Like that is basic, though. That is what you'd you'd hope that there was just water that was free for them to drink whenever it was on the table. The day, jugs. Exactly. But imagine if you turned up thinking you're going to have a luxury or at least a fun Scottish Highlands away day, and that you just think they're going to come out with a silver tray and it's just bottles of water for them to. No, I wouldn't be happy. It wouldn't have had to have been alcoholic for me because I don't really drink that much. And it could have been a really interesting soft drink, like a homemade lemonade or something, and that exactly. would have been fine. But water... Or an really? elderflower yes. f- fizz or whatever. Exactly. <laughs> a mocktail. <laughs> exactly, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, water, thanks for the basic hydration. Back to the boardroom. I was really shocked when the women's team were actually the winners of the task because I thought the debacle between fish cake and crumble was going to be the end of it but no the men's team actually made a loss crazy really i so i have to say i did predict the uh the women's team to win really? um, right at the start but midway through i was thinking i've made a terrible error um but evidently not they both yep. did bad but one did a lot worse <laughs> exactly and that's the joy of the apprentice and Lord Sugar actually said that if one of them was to, uh, from the men's team, be given the investment at the end, he would dock out of their sum the money that they lost on this task, which I thought, I thought was, was wonderful. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So we saw um, Verdi head back into the boardroom and bring two people with him. And I was quite surprised with actually who he chose. I thought it's a hard one to pick people in this first challenge anyway, because you don't really know them. But he brought two people that I was quite confused as to why they were back. I think Ollie was unfortunately, I'd like to say, a kind of a scapegoat. I think they all turned on him and he was easy pickings, to be honest. I think so. Maybe the whole teaspoon, tablespoon was too much for Verdi. So he was like, I have to bring him back in. (laughs) Steve seemed really confused as to why he was even in there. He did make a point being like, really, me? I'm back? Um, And it is always a thing on the first episode that Lord Sugar gets rid of the project manager because they led the task. And that has been the format for years. Many of these 18 seasons of The Apprentice, the project manager has gone first time. And that, okay, that usually is the right decision. So I was really shocked when he turned it on his head and used the sort of, I felt like it was an excuse. And I guess so did you about, okay, Ollie, what on earth did you do in this task? He was joining in. I mean, he didn't shout loudly about it, but he was told to go because Alan Sugar wasn't sure what he actually had contributed. I, I honestly think he made the wrong decision. I thought events task, you got project manager who specializes in events and it was awful. And, I and think so. presumably that's his pitch. Yeah, I, I don't know really why he did that, to be honest. I guess maybe because half of it is who Sir Alan thinks he's going to gel with as a person or he sees a bit of a spark business wise or just thinks I want to see a bit more from them. So we don't know that as audiences but yeah poor ollie he went and yeah i I, I don't think he was very happy and i think the people in the house when they got back were really surprised that ollie had gone 
Ollie, he could say, you know, you've not appeared to deliver on this task. You're being project manager next week so we can see actually what you're capable of. Maybe he was annoyed with the tablespoon. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. (laughs) He he was like, how can you not know? Maybe he's a secret chef. Exactly. (laughs) And of course, the comment, even though the, uh, the, the women's team won, Karen Brady said this is the worst food that she's ever seen on The Apprentice, which is quite damning. It is. And I absolutely love Karen and how ruthless she is and what she says. But yeah, you do not want to be on the receiving end of this is the worst thing we've ever had on The Apprentice, which there have been some terrible things, food related included. You don't want to be the one that is now in the leader spot for that. Yeah, definitely. And one more thing to add, which really actually annoyed me and also made Asif look a bit like a fool. He was clapping when he thought the team had won, but he just can't do maths. Exactly. Yes. I think Alan is going to keep that moment in his mind. He will have noticed that because that's a big red flag. If you haven't worked out, the maths correctly about whether you've won or not it, that's not a good business thing i would even if i couldn't have worked it out i would have stood there quietly i exactly. wouldn't have clapped straight yeah. away just exactly. in case and you could see you could see it from tim's reaction he was not <laughs> impressed there was one thing i wanted to bring up because you know i like um bringing up random topics in tv shows of course so we got to see the receptionist four times in this show and each time um she was on the same excel document every time oh my god i love this i love that you are staring into the background of the shot seeing things others wouldn't see do you think i mean that's can't really be the receptionist this must it must be an extra with their big moment yeah, to shine absolutely just click on another cell for me oh it's blank that's okay yeah. yeah, I'm get, I'm going to monitor that throughout the whole series now. To add a bit of competition, friendly competition to um, the the show, we are going to do some predictions throughout uh, the series, and uh, I'm going to actually spring one on you that I thought while watching the show straight away. So you know when. On the show, the uh, narrator or the, yeah, the narrator announces 11 a.m., the boardroom. Yes. I want to know how many hours will be covered throughout the whole series. So distinct Ooh. hours. Okay. So, so, you know, if if there was only ever 11 a.m. and 4 p.m., there would only ever be two. Um, okay. And just to give you a hint, uh, in this episode, the and it, and it has to be done by the narrator only. Um, so the narrator in the first episode said 11am, 7am, and 9am. So we've already got three. I'm going to say that we will have 17 out of 24 distinct hours. <laughs> oh, you've done, you have done some maths on this. Uh... <laughs> Okay. I'm going to have to press you for an answer. <laughs> 20. 20. Oh, 20. I, you pressed me for an answer. <laughs> I said a number. Sure. So, I, so we've I gone with 17 chance. and 20. 
I've got I've got to count now every episode. I know you do. But okay, I'm glad I said twenty because then it gives you a task to do each time. <laughs> what else? So I'm going to we'll, we'll go to two obvious ones. So we'll do the final two and then the prediction of the winner. I'm going to say my predictions are pharmacist Amina Khan, and I'm going to go with a pie shop owner or a pie company owner, and I'm going to pick Phil Turner oh. as my final two. Okay, and the winner? Now, I'm going to say because he's had quite a few people previously in food, and last year he didn't go for a food person, he went for boxing. I do think it'll be Amina. There you go. That's my prediction. Okay. So what about you? You've stolen the limelight a bit because I also was um, predicting Phil Turner, the pie company owner for the final. But I think both in the final and winning it just on a hunch is I'm going to stick with my guns. Moira Rath, the yoga company owner. I get that's a good one. I do think he's going to end up picking a wellness or a fitness or something because there are so many of them this year. That's a good one. Okay, it's the battle between Amina and Moira. The the awkward moment when in two episodes time both of our candidates are out. <laughs> okay, so next prediction we're going to uh, go go through these quite quickly now. So, firstly, which uh episode Will we see the first double firing if there is one? I'm going to say, so episode number, episode eight, I'm going to say. I've gone with episode seven. Ooh, okay. Similar thought pattern again. Okay, worst project manager. And obviously you can't have, well, you could have uh, the two from this show, actually. I've got a different answer. I'm going straight in with the man that called himself brains and business acumen and body, Dr. Asif Munaf. Oh, I, I, do you know, I think that's a good call. Um, but just to be different, I am go- I'm going to go one of the pools. I think pie, oh. pie man pool is not pie going to do pool. well. Okay, so biggest blunder. Is it going to get worse than crumble round a fish cake? I don't know. I do, because I'm thinking of giving it to Noor still because of the fish cake. Okay. But maybe that's because I enjoyed it so much that I can't see another person doing something worse. I'm going to stick with Noor for the biggest blunder. Okay. I'm going to go with Dr. Paul. Ah. Because I guess sometimes just because having the title doesn't mean you don't make blunders. So I think... As we know, Dr. Van Hinsberg. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I think he's going to be overconfident on something and, and it's going gonna, it's gonna to turn out bad for him. Oh, I can't wait to see it. And then our final one, which is a slightly more positive uh, prediction, is unexpected sanity or may show signs of business acumen. <laughs> I love that we couldn't think of a more succinct way to put that. May show signs of sanity. Hmm. Okay. I'm going to say for this, uh, I'm hoping I'm pronouncing her name right, Raj Chohan. Okay. Do you know what? I'm going to go for Noor. Like, you know, we had the blunder of um, the 
fish cakes. But you never know, yeah. people can come back from that. That's true. I've I've gone down the cancel culture route for <laughs> Nor. <laughs> I've cancelled Nor because of the fish cake blunder in week one. But that might be unfair. You might be right. Fantastic. So that is our, I can't remember how many predictions, six predictions that we'll monitor throughout the series. Seven. Seven. Oops. Because we had the extra hours prediction. Ah, uh, yes. Last minute edition. Yes. But it would be interesting to hear what everyone else thinks as well. So if you do have some predictions for our categories, let us know in the comments on our social media. We'd be interested. Also, let us know whether you think ours are absolutely crazy or there's some unexpected sanity. In <laughs> unexpected sanity. So all in all, I think it was a pretty good first episode. We had an epic fail, which I'll never stop thinking about, Crumble and Fish Cakes. And it was a fun one as we got to see the candidates doing mad things, going somewhere completely different as well, away from the boardroom. Some of the other things that are going to be coming up on the series this time that we're really excited to be covering are um, the candidate candidates are going to be going to Jersey for the classic discount buying task. They're also going to Budapest in Hungary. Uh, for a tourism challenge and then in a few weeks they're doing a virtual escape room which all sounds really fun what can we expect next week next week we've got something to do with cheesecakes i can't remember exactly but it involves making cheesecakes to sell that another food related task you know it's going to be a good one absolutely Hopefully exactly. they'll get the breadcrumbs right this time. <laughs> yeah, we don't want uh, savoury cheesecakes. I hope no one does that. That would be awful. Join us for the rest of the episodes as we go through them. See if our predictions actually turn out well and also see if we get better at an elevator pitch. Join us again here on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. A final thought for this week's episode, James? A final thought. Would you have the absolute audacity to ask for tips after an away day like that. I don't think I could. I couldn't look them in the eye. <laughs> Brilliant. See you next time. See you next week.